Straw Hut Media. Burlesque in its many forms has been popular for a long time, not just since the 20s and 30s like you probably know, but all the way back into the 1800s. In the 90s, there was a burlesque revival and it has been going strong ever since. My guest today is a burlesque dancer, but if you're not super caught up on the LA burlesque scene, you may have also seen him as Glitter Fantasy, Cosmopolitan's first ever unicorn correspondent. You may have even seen him presiding over the West Hollywood Halloween Carnival as the Queen of Carnival in 2017. Today, we'll talk with Jake Dupree about burlesque, drag, stripping, and what can happen when you do back handsprings in stilettos. I'm Levi Chambers, and this is Pride. Jake Dupree is relatively new to the burlesque scene. He's only been performing since September of last year, but he already has a signature number. I put a spell on you. And it is, to say the least, spellbinding. Hi, I'm Jake Dupree. I'm 31 years old. I live here in Los Angeles, California, and I am a burlesque dancer. Jake has danced professionally for years, and he had been inching slowly toward burlesque for a while. The final stepping stone before he dove into burlesque was an amateur drag competition at Revolver in West Hollywood. But even though he won that competition, drag didn't feel quite right. I thought that's what I wanted. I now realize that I don't, I'm not interested in female illusion. I just liked the the glamour aspect of it. It was sort of a way for me to, it was kind of like a conduit for me to find how I express myself. Um, so in the competition, I did like what I do now, like boy hair, lingerie, strippy, strippy, strippy. And um, so it was very non-traditional for like a amateur drag competition. And <laughs> I went throughout all the weeks and then I ended up winning the whole thing. But in those in that competition, I uh, reached out to this burlesque performer I had seen a lot because I've always been a big burlesque fan. And she does this number. Her name is Miss Miranda. And she wear, does this number where she's like covered in chili peppers and she pours hot sauce down her leg and makes a guy lick it off. And I remember that in my head. I was like, God, that's so hot. So I wanted to do something like that. And I reached out to her and I was like, this number is inspired by you. Not thinking she would ever even say anything back. And so I sent her the number and then she sent me this huge email back that was like, you're amazing. She was like, usually when people do my numbers or say they're inspired by me, they're not that great. And <laughs> She was like, you're really good. And I was so shocked because I've been a fan of hers for a long time. Jake and Miss Miranda kept in touch throughout the competition and became friends. Then, two weeks after his win, Jake saw that Dita Von Teese was holding auditions for her burlesque show Von Foley's at the Hollywood Roosevelt Theater. So he went. And I've had seen auditions just in the past because I had, you know, been dancing professionally for a while. So I had seen auditions in the past for her stuff. And it was usually for backup dancers because there's not really any boys in her show that do that. Um, there's like one. But he, um, he's got like that spot on lock. But everybody else is just like a backup dancer or they pick up her um, lingerie or costumes. Um, and not that I wasn't interested in that, but I was like, I obviously wanted to be in the forefront. Um, and I went to the audition, learned the co the whole combo. And it was one of those moments where I was like, everybody in the room stopped to watch me. And I was, it was so funny. I was telling my friend this last night and I was like, I don't, I don't want, I don't mean that to sound like, 
cocky or anything, but it was like the one time in my life I felt in my power. And it was so cool being in that room because I was just in my laundry with my boy hair, like makeup, doing my thing, learning this dance. And I was like, I knew I had, like, I just knew, like, this is my moment for some reason. I have no idea. And then a few weeks went by and <laughs> I didn't hear anything from that audition. I was like, oh God, I did not get it. So you are completely full of yourself. Um, and then two weeks later, I got an email and we had to go meet with her. And it was literally just like the two of us sitting here, just right by each other in the Roosevelt Hotel. She was like, you're going to be doing my martini glass number. And I just cried in front of her because she's like my idol. And she's been that way for years. I've just always respected her and thought she was amazing. Um, and then that kind of set me on this path of where I am now. Even though Jake was born and raised in Arkansas, which we all know is not exactly a bastion of liberalism, luckily he came from a supportive and progressive family. Luckily, my parents are super, super liberal and a lot of their friends are very liberal and I was lucky enough to be around that. But on the outside of that, it's extremely conservative, very red, um, which is fine if that's what you feel and believe, but it just is hard when you're somebody who's like considered different because everybody wants to point it out to you. Um, yeah, high school was really tough for me. Um, I have a twin brother and he's also gay and we both were in gymnastics like all growing up. And then, uh, that's just not typically what's considered cool in my hometown because it's very football based. Um, yeah, so I was definitely like always wanted to get out of my hometown that's like always like my goal since I was a little kid was always I wanted to move to New York. That was like always my thing. After high school, Jake left home and attended the Savannah College of Art and Design in Georgia. He didn't go to college with the intention of becoming a dancer. In fact, the scholarship he received was for fashion and painting. I found dance there, which was so funny. So not until my sophomore year of college did I find dance, and then it sort of changed my life. It was like the piece of the puzzle that had always always been missing. And I love that. Oh, and I have a little brother, too. He's in dental school. It's so cute. And your twin is a... Uh, my twin is a news reporter, and he works in Austin now, and he just won his first Emmy this past year. That's amazing. Which is so cool. Congrats to him. Yeah. I like. I always tell people that, and he's always like, you have to stop leading with that. I'm like, oh, I have a twin. He won an Emmy. And like, I, I don't care. I'm like, I don't know anybody that has an Emmy, so I have to brag about you, and it's the guy that's like literally shared a womb with, you know? Yeah, you're like, people will think it's me. Yeah. So like, I basically won proxy, an Emmy. <laughs> by proxy, I did win an Emmy. <laughs> That's legit. Okay, so then when did you come out? How was that process? Was it in Arkansas? Was um, So I came out when I was in college. I think I was 19 at the time. Um, I had intern. I was interning in New York City um, for a casting agency. And um, I was staying in this apartment building. And I kept seeing this guy, this really cute guy, like coming in and out too. And he lived in the same building. Um, and my boss and I went to go see Alter Boys off Broadway and that guy was the lead of the show. And I was like, this is crazy. And the audience is very, very small and like very intimate. And there's a point where they, the Alter Boys, like they're a, a boy band, if you're not familiar. And they kind of like the Backstreet Boys, like low budget Backstreet Boys. Um, and they play, they like bring someone on stage and he brought my boss on stage and I was like you know exactly what you're doing and it's definitely working for me <laughs> um and it was so funny we ran into each other in at, like coming through the apartment um I was coming in and he was leaving and we were like oh hey like I I just saw you like in the show and then it turned into this thing and that was sort of my first like 
gay experience. And then um, I, when I went back to college, I was, I went through like sort of a depression and my parents were like, what's going on? Like you're being so weird and not yourself. And I was like, do you actually want to know? And they were like, yeah, tell us. And then I just told them and they were like, okay. It was, it, I think it was like harder for my mom at times because she wanted to have like grandkids. And I was like, I'm pretty sure out of all your kids, if someone's going to give you grandkids, it'll probably be me. So just back off. <laughs> but yeah, they're both like super, super supportive. My dad was is like born and raised in my hometown and he loves, loves what I do. It's like so cool. Jake's parents have never seen him perform burlesque live, but that's going to change soon when they visit to see him perform at the sixth anniversary show of Tease If You Please at the Palace Theater in downtown Los Angeles this November. It's like probably like the show that means the most to me and they're uh coming to that and i'm super super excited and i'm like happy that they get to witness it just like for the first time as everybody else will get to jake has been a burlesque fan for years and because he once considered becoming a fashion designer the opportunity to create and curate costumes for himself to dance in is a dream and true to his glitter surprise unicorn alter ego there is a lot of sparkle. My costume is definitely very sparkly. Anything that's like sparkly, 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 I love. I mean, like I want it to be everywhere and glitter genuinely is everywhere in my house, in my car, everything. Um, but I really love, there's a lot of boy last performers and they usually kind of allude to more male, um, a more male aesthetic. And I kind of like to blur the line where it's like, I want my body to look masculine, but I want to wear feminine things. So it like really fucks with people. I really like the juxtaposition of that. And like the way that I move is very feminine. So it's, it's, it screws with people. And I think it's what I toward to lean toward is like more of an androgynous look. And I love like lingerie sets and like a thong thigh high um, stockings. I just love that because it's so classic and kind of like old school in a way. Um, but I like for what I do to kind of have a modern edge to it. Like I love to play with like hats that are not necessarily within the time period of a typical burlesque costume. Um, I just like, I just enjoy things that I'm inspired by just whatever that may be in terms of maybe designers from the past or runways from the past or costumes that I see from old movies back in old Hollywood days. It just depends, but I really love like getting down to like lingerie because I just think it's hot. And heels. And heels, always. Never a flap. Ew. <laughs> I'm like, I'm shorter. I'm like 5'9", which is I guess not super short, but I just prefer the height and it just makes me feel like dangerous. Like I could legit break my ankle doing this. <laughs> and um, a lot of the things I do dance-wise aren't traditionally done in heels, so I... I really like the danger because it's something that people haven't seen before necessarily. And this is not like a dancing shoe heel. It's a full on stiletto. Yeah. It's a full on, like my foot can legit just fall out the front. Cause most people you'll see with like a ankle strap or a closed front. So cause it, cause it holds your foot in the heel. No. And I actually had a funny <laughs> experience. I was just in Nashville last weekend performing and I do a back handspring act and heels. And that's sort of like how my 11 o'clock, like boom, gotcha. Like I'm off, you know? Um, and I went back and my heel literally launched off my foot and there's a giant sign that had like the venue's name on it. And I bullseyed that thing right in the center of it and it started swinging and it literally looked perfect. Like it looked perfect. And I was like this, I need to keep that, <laughs> but that's the first time that's ever happened. So I guess it's the first time for everything. You need like projectile shoes. Yeah. Always. I think it's genius. Like 
boom it just like and that sign went to swing and i said this is good do you ever worry about wardrobe malfunctions or have you ever had a wardrobe malfunction where you're like whoop this tea's got a little too teasy yeah i mean it's always a concern because you i don't tuck or anything so i mean things could fall out for sure but um i tried to wear like at least two or three pairs of like underwear even if it's like a thong over a thong over a thong because it just keeps everything in there um that's the biggest worry for me um in terms of wardrobe wardrobe malfunction but like you know women it's like often they have to have you know like a tassel or a pasty over their nipple and sometimes that can fall off and i had a friend who was in a show and they one it one came off and what you're supposed to do is like hold your hand over it and then keep going but that's so weird especially if you're dancing and so she took the other one off and they shut the curtain on her so it it's just like these there's these there's strange rules but it's also like men don't have to wear nipple covers or pasties or tassels or whatever because it's like a man's boot but i don't think i think if women have to do it men should do it too and i always try to like keep mine covered just out of solidarity for the girls um i think that the the funniest thing I've ever had happen in a performance is um, I had I had these tearaway pants. They came off. And then I have this bodysuit with, like, a ribbon. And it pulls off and then drops down. And I'm, like, in a thong underneath it. And the ribbon got stuck. And I it literally was in the tidy, tiniest, tightest knot I have ever seen. I literally was just like, well, it's not coming off. So I just had to do my number with my, my costume not fully coming off. And which is was so, sad. Which is so disappointing because it's like you have one job. It's just to take off your clothes and I can't even do that. So it was it was definitely like I feel like everybody that I know has had an experience like that where something doesn't come off and you just have to go with it. But, you know, the thing is just sell it. And if, you know, if, it, if you screw up, so what? No one will really know. No one's going to actually care You're that like, much. Why didn't he finish his dance? Yeah. He's not naked. Okay. This was terrible. <laughs> I want my money back. After the break, we'll learn a little bit more about the history of burlesque and work with Jake to decipher whether or not burlesque is stripping. Burlesque as we know it today has been changing and developing since the 1860s. It began as a performance of comedy, satire, song, and dance, often with elaborate and funny costumes. When burlesque made its way from England to the United States, it transformed even more and became especially focused on female nudity. In the 20s and 30s, burlesque started to focus more and more on the strip tees. Burlesque is um, an art form that is all about the art of the tease. So it's not the actual sexual act. It's what's leading up to that or what the illusion of that is. And for me, burlesque means empowerment and embodiment of your own body and how you want to express that. And I think it's really cool because so many bodies and different types of people are represented in burlesque and it's celebrated and applauded. There's nothing you'll never see someone being judged for the way they look or the way that they present it's always just about full expression of yourself and if it's authentic to you it's authentic to the audience so then what's the difference between burlesque and boylesque is boylesque just like a fun boylesque is um the difference between burlesque and boylesque is that it's a boy doing burlesque like that's it it's just a term okay it's not like a there's not a separation really at all but i will say that it is it's a definitely a smaller group in the boylesque sector because uh 
Oh, I sound so scientific in the boy last sector. Um, it's like, <laughs> um, it's just, there's just fewer boys doing it. And so I hope to change that. Um, so a lot of the burlesque stuff started back in the early, in like 1920s, like prohibition area era. Um, and they, it was like, there's Minsky's, there was all those, uh, houses that basically like were stripper, like houses, but of course they were just giving the art of the teas. And of course there's Gypsy Rose Lee who kind of changed the way that burlesque artists are perceived as like an actual formidable talent and art form. And I think that she was able to open a lot of doors that a lot of people weren't able to for some reason. I think it mainly was her personality, too. And, of course, you have people like uh, Mae West, in, who was always very body and very open about her body and her sexuality. And, of course, you have like people like Marilyn Monroe, who allude to burlesque but never were strippers. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just a long line of people who are artistic, and some of them you know, fell on hard times and had to figure out a way to make it happen for themselves. And that just is what happened and like was a way for them to make money too. Do you consider burlesque stripping? Um, I mean, I don't think there's, I I know if this is like a really contentious, uh, point of topic for a lot of people. I, I think that, I don't think that burlesque artists are better than strippers. I don't think strippers are better than burlesque artists. I think it's just, I think it's all in the same family for sure. What do you choose to do with that is what you do and i i don't have any i i think that they're pretty close yeah yeah so would you say i'm a stripper yeah i like saying i'm a stripper and i know there's a funny saying that dita von Teese has where she's like i don't want to be called a stripper i think it's i like the way it sounds because it it's kind of like shocking or uh, you know people have like such preconceived notions about strippers quote unquote and i think uh i think it's fun to just say it and just be like, yeah, I'm a stripper. I like to say I'm a high-class stripper <laughs> or like a glorified stripper. Because burlesque, like when I think of that, when someone says like, oh, I do burlesque, this I'm sure this is not like what the community, the burlesque dancing community thinks, but I always think of like Christina Aguilera in the song where she's like, it's burlesque or yes. whatever. It's um, like. What's so funny about the burlesque movie is like I – they're not, they don't actually ever take off clothes. It's literally just sexy dancing and lingerie. Like the art of burlesque is the removal of clothing. And in that movie, they don't really ever move, take off clothes. It's just sexy dancing, which is fine. And I love that movie because it's so terrible and great, but it's not burlesque. There is an art and a skill to taking off your clothes and doing it gracefully. To every one of you who has forgotten to unbutton the top button of your shirt and gotten stuck trying to pull it over your head, you can still be a burlesque dancer. To all of you who have fallen over trying to work your foot out of the tiny leg hole in your skinny jeans, you too can become a burlesque dancer. You may never get to the level of Dita Von Teese, but what's important is that I believe in you. It's like, it's really funny to see how people take off their clothes. And it was really awesome learning from Dita Von Teese how she takes off her clothes because she is like truly a master at it. And if you watch her performances, every moment she has on stage is a picture. Like if someone took a picture, it would look perfect at any second of her performance, which is masterful. It's, I'm, she's one of the only people that I've seen that can pull that off. Um, but the weirdest, the hardest thing for me is when you you have to make it look as effortless as possible. And there's some things that are a little clunkier to take off, like your corsets and stuff. Like a lot of people have zippers, which is great because it can just slide right off. But if you have the hook and eye, it can kind of get stuck and you have to you know, figure out a cute way to take it off. But for gloves, I like to start from the top of the glove, which is like up by my elbow and then pull it down. 
and pull it over my head and take it off. But a lot of people do it individually by fingers. You can like grab a finger by your mouth and like pull the glove off and then do all this like play with your mouth. And (laughs) it's, you know, there's just like so many ways to take off articles of clothing. And what I like is when somebody like figures out a new way to take off an article of clothing. Like there's this one act, um, Frankie Fictitious, Frankie Fictitious is her name. And she just won, um, the burlesque hall of fame this year. Um, which is so such a huge high honor in the burlesque community. And she, um, this is not the act that she won with, but this is the one I just saw of her. And she was in a lion costume and she literally pulls these ropes and then that costume just falls off her and it's a different costume underneath. It is literally witchcraft. And I was like, this is so cool. Um, so there's just so many ways to take off clothes, which is like such a funny thing to say because you think like when you're taking off your shirt, when you're taking off your pants, it's like there's only one way to do it you're wrong. (laughs) Like there's snaps, there's zippers, all kinds of things that can remove and be cool and interesting. Okay. So I actually love that you talked about the glove because I feel like we just gave listeners like, this is how you take off a glove like a pro. Yeah. What was so, and also, um, when taking off stockings is really, that was like the the part. mm -hmm, That was like one of the coolest things I learned from Dita Von Tees was how to take off her stocking. Cause she, there's a point in the, there's a video on my Instagram. If you look and to see the martini glass number that I do for her um and you like go down your leg you're stroking up your leg and then you some people can like lick their finger to wet it to go underneath the stocking because the stockings that she used are traditional stockings they're not stretchy they're just like nylon fabric um and you pull it down your leg and then you take your leg but you you pull it off your foot but you keep the end of it in your hand and you pull it around your back and then try to bring your foot to the back of your head to pull the stocking off it's so sick and she makes it look effortless and I try, remember tried it the first time and I <laughs> it just looked so uncomfortable and I'm pretty graceful and I can make some things look good but that was that was probably the hardest thing every time I would do that part of the number it would give me like anxiety because she just makes it look so good and that's very um that's a uh signature move of hers and so to learn that I was literally in my apartment just like trying to take off stockings above my head all day. <laughs> yeah, for like night I would just practice cuz I wanted to be as good as possible and I literally had a week to learn this number and she's had her a lifetime to do it. So and make it great. Yeah, and make it look so easy and it's like it's not easy at all. Jake's style of gender bending androgynous burlesque is new and still pretty uncommon. People attending burlesque shows sometimes aren't expecting to see a man perform a striptease in women's lingerie. The other day, Jake posted a clip to his Instagram of a performance where he stopped and straddled a straight guy in the audience. But the guy was a good sport and he seemed pretty okay with it. Um, so, and, and for the most part, I love performing for straight audiences specifically because I think that they've never seen something like what I do. And that's really fun to watch their faces because literally everyone just stops and is like mouth agape. And it's like so fun to see and play with and just be like, "Ooh, I'm going to screw you up. Um, and there was a, I did this like mini tour called Party Like Gatsby. And we went to like four cities in the U.S. and then two in Canada. And I like hosted the show and performed. And I remember here, we did a performance here in LA. It was our third show, I think. And I would like, sometimes during when other acts are going or where there's like the band playing, I would go up and like interact with the audience. So I would go up to the balcony a lot because we can't traditionally go up there. So I would go up there and just dance with people and just be silly and take pictures. Um, And there was this straight dude and he was, he literally like put his hand in my face and was like, no. And I was, 
I can't remember what I said something back because my mouth can get the best of me whenever I'm like in a situation. But um, I said something and then everybody around him just like mouth. I can't remember what I said. I should remember that. I'll like have to go back and like think. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely got him together. He needed it. I just think it's when people have such a strong reaction to stuff, I'm like, you really need this or there's something that you're hiding. Like if you're not, it, I'm not doing anything bad or and what I do is not anything bad. So why are you having that strong of a reaction? Right. There must be something that you don't want to talk about. If you're that confident, you'd be like, this is silly. Yeah. Yeah. And most. Or you the, play into it or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like the, um, the post that you're talking about where I was like straddling that straight man and like literally just like on him, you know, he just sat there and like, let me do it. Like he was like, not going to touch me or anything, but it's so funny. I've actually had a lot of straight couples after my show, like proposition me which is so funny i'm just like ew no i don't want either one of you like I, that's not my job not my responsibility so no but it's fun it's fun that people respond to it and are open to it but it's definitely a character of me not who i actually am so there's it's there's it's a persona yeah what you're saying absolutely i think that people assume and a lot of the burlesque people that i work with they 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 i we talk about this a lot is that people assume that we're sluts or whores which is fine even if you, if you are because you know we, we all have our moments but it's a lot of the people that in this form art form they do it for themselves like they're doing it because that's the way they want to move and it's not necessarily to attract somebody or seduce somebody or whatever it's literally just for us and how we choose to express ourselves so how would you describe yourself not on stage versus in on stage well i have no interest in like doing that like in the bedroom, anything like that. I just think, no, that's too much work and you can't afford me. Um, <laughs> but I I think for me, it because I get to express myself so fully across the spectrum, I can be as normal and as chill as I want to be in my real life and not have to do anything or showboat or push trying to express myself. Because I think when I used to, I used to, before I started doing this, I would always like, be like oh i'm not people aren't seeing the f like full range of me well now they see everything and anything and all of it so i that feels really good that i can live uh in a chill fashion as compared to that which is like over the top sexualized like um witch and i like that that i get to do both I think for me, the, the one of the hardest things to, like the barrier to break through is both in the drag world, people are like, oh, you're not a drag queen. Like, why why are you here? And people literally coming up to me being like, you're not a drag queen. Like literally saying that to me in a bar and I'm like, I'm not trying to be. So thank you. Like, okay, you found me out. Thank you so much. Um, and then in the burlesque world, sometimes boys aren't necessarily getting the same opportunities as women. But in a way, I think that's a good thing because women deserve the opportunities too and probably have not been able to get as many opportunities just based from being a woman, just from like an entertainment standpoint, like and also history standpoint. It's like women aren't afforded the same opportunities in a big way that men are just more easily leaned to. And I think for me, it's like I, I want to because I've come up pretty quickly in this world and like made a name for myself quickly. And I think that that is 
a male privilege thing. And I think it's because it's like, oh, we've never seen a boy do it like this. And it, like there's women that do a lot of stuff that I do and probably better. And I think that it's important to acknowledge that and to help promote that too. Yeah. And this is kind of a space that they own and have owned. I mean, it's, it's, a it's a female dominated uh, art form, which is amazing. And that's why I think I respond so well to it is because women are truly driving it. Jake is fortunate to have one of those formidable women as a mentor. Miss Donna Hood was the choreographer of Jake's Dita Von Teese audition, and she produces the show that Jake's parents are coming out for in November, Tease If You Please. Jake has been going to Donna Hood's burlesque shows for five of the six years that they've been putting them on. I remember specifically seeing her perform, and I was, she's a dancer dancer, and like, it was really cool because a lot of a lot of burlesque performers don't come from like the strict dance world where they're like turning and doing all kinds of like actual, like actual, actual dancing. And with her, I was just blown away by her. And it was the first person I had ever seen perform on stage where I was like, I can do that. Like I, I saw myself in with like doing what she does and that's what inspired me. And then to now like get texts on my phone from her every time she pops up my phone i tell her this every time and like such a nerd i'm like i get genuinely excited that you text me because i can't believe it (laughs) that's so funny though um and she's been like the biggest cheerleader for me and we actually did a duet um for tease if you please like for the past like few months and it is it is so weird getting to like dance with her and collaborate with her and like come up with the choreography with her and I just respect her so much and she's who I want to emulate and be like because she's a badass and she really makes things happen in the burlesque world and doesn't wait for other people to do it for her. So you get a little starstruck. Yeah. And it's like, I still, and she's like the nicest, coolest person and it's just fun that I get to call her my friend. I love it. No matter what it is, doing what you love has its ups and downs. Nothing can ever truly be all glitter and rainbows in real life. But for Jake, dancing burlesque, it's actually pretty close. Outside of the obvious life-changing moment of dancing the martini glass routine for Dita Von Teese, his highest moment was in Calgary earlier this year. I was hosting the Party Like Gatsby show and I did my number at the very end of the show and literally the entire audience was on their feet screaming for five minutes and I had never I had never experienced anything like that where the entire place was like so invested in what I did. And it was just so cool to see, I don't know, it was just really cool to see how how much hard work I had put in and how it came off and got appreciated. Like that was, that's amazing to be able to f- finally feel that way. It was awesome. Like that, I will always remember that. And I cried on stage. I was like, this is, it was just like uh, very overwhelming to take in because I had, I had basically been waiting to do something like this for my entire life and never allowed myself to do it. And I was like, the fact that I get to and all these people are cheering for me and mainly straight audience, it was incredible. I will always remember that. And I think the lowest of lows, um, I think it mainly has to do with like bookings. Like there's a few places here in West Hollywood that refuse to book me because I'm not a drag performer. And that kind of sucks because there's been other people that have... Um, performed at these places that do sort of what I do and I just but you know not everyone's going to be open to what you do and not everyone's going to be a fan and I think that's okay but it's just hard sometimes when you're like I I work my butt off and 
I will put on a good show and I know people, will, I can bring people in to see this. And so, you know, that's, a, that's one of the hard parts is just trying to break down these doors that seem to be like super close to you. Yeah. And you can see how that would be very frustrating. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I, I just try to do all my, everything that I can to open those doors, even if it's like beating it until it, I'm black and blue. But at a certain point you, I have to like step away and be like, you know what? Maybe not for me. Other opportunities will come. And that could change over time. Yeah. Which I hope so. I think that'd be awesome. Cause some of these are on my like goal list. Um, so we'll see. So what advice do you have for like the 18 year old closeted kid back in Arkansas who follows you on Instagram and thinks like, I want to do that. I mean, I just think it's cool to see this out there because if I had seen what I do now as a kid, I would have been like, I see myself like there I am. And I think that that's really cool to be able to be in a place where I am traveling and, you know, trying to get my name out there more and more and more and, you know, do everything that I can. But it's really cool to be able to feel like I'm on the steady climb, incline to to the success that I want for myself. And I think in that it's nice for other people to be able to witness that and be like, oh, my God, just because he's doing something completely different shows that, you know, you can make a living and you can have a career and you can have all the accolades that you want because of who you are. And so I hope that whoever, if there's somebody out there that's closeted and following me or sees me and sees what I do, I think that would be so sick to be able to inspire somebody. And I hope I want somebody to be better, bigger, more amazing than I could even do. And like to be able to see that would be really, really cool. So I hope that in some way, I think that drag race has done a lot for the drag community, but I think there's a lot of representation on the spectrum that aren't necessarily drag Queens. And I think that that it's our time. Our time is coming like in terms of seeing other things besides drag be celebrated. Burlesque. Yeah. And I'm ready for that. I'm so ready for that. I'm so ready to see like show, like shows truly like a ton of shows dedicated to boys doing this. And I think there's a few, there's a few, but I want more. You can and should follow Jake on Instagram, at Jake Dupree, and watch some of the amazing videos he shared of him dancing. You can see that video of him straddling the straight guy, and you can check out how he looks in a corset. Jake, not the straight guy. And of course, next month is the big show, and who knows, maybe you'll end up sitting right next to Jake's parents. The next big show that I'm going to be doing is um, Tease If You Please, and it's at the Palace Theater downtown, a thousand seats. And I know the seats have been going very quickly, and all the people in the show, the numbers are bigger, they're more dramatic, there's more production value. It's going to be epic. Like, this is the show that I have been wanting to do for a long time, and my number is inspired by a cat. I'll just say that. The show is on Saturday, November 16th. Go to teaseifyouplease.com for tickets and more info. Thanks for listening. Pride is a production of Straw Hut Media. If you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. Share us with your friends, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Pride. Yep, it's at Pride, that easy. You can follow me, at Levi Chambers. Pride is produced by me, Levi Chambers, Maggie Bowles, and Ryan Tillotson. Edited by Sebastian Alcala. 
I love cats. I just mm-hmm. told you I've got 11 of them. Yep. 